Hey there. Thank you for joining another episode of this podcast. Just a reminder, my intention is not to provide you with the news. However, as I consume the news and sporting activities in and outside of Guyana, I'll present you with some facts and opinions. So here's my view. Hey, this is a big shout out for those folks who enjoy cake. If you're having a craving for cake, at this point, I encourage you to go and get Yola's Cakes. Yola's Cakes, you can find them on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Cakes Yola, or you can call them at 693-3878, ask for Yola. Just let her know you heard it here on Here's My View podcast. I'm pretty sure she'll hook you up. Again, if you're craving some black cake, sponge cake, chocolate cake, or any special cakes, contact Yola's Cakes for all cake needs. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm truly grateful for your support and your listenership thus far. Well, yesterday we had Chelsea recording what I would say a remarkable victory. And N'Golo Kante, woo! What a player. It took me an opportunity, I took the opportunity to go dig up on this guy. He is remarkable. Yes, indeed, at one point I thought... With Matic playing next to him, it was making him special. But this guy is special. And kudos to all Chelsea fans. I call some names. Ronald Austin Jr., Imran Khan, Dwight Williams, um, the likes of Melvin and Melroy Stevenson, uh, Marlon Warren. All these guys are huge Chelsea fans. And, and kudos to you guys. On winning, Leon Johnson, the big Leon. I mean, he's been taking some taunting for the year, but kudos to you guys. Um, kudos to your team. Chelsea has really pulled off a remarkable one um, this year. And the most happy of them all is Tristan Joseph, I believe. Tristan is, is due about three cases of, of stag beer from Raul Tony. Tristan. <laughs> um, and shout out to the 592 Sports Sports program from 12 to 1 on Sundays, 94.1. It's a very interesting program. I encourage you all to listen to that as well. And, and, and yeah, because sports is needed. But today our focus is on administration. And the need for national administration or, or federations to come up, step up to the plate. Why I say that? All of our athletes are dependent on a structure and something to to push them in a direction that will achieve success. My previous podcast, I covered the National Sports Commission, which is the highest body and decision-making body in the land, constitutionally responsible for ensuring the execution of strategy, vision, and policy in our country. And I spoke about the compilation and what I thought should be or what I think should be a process of transparency where there's a nomination of members from the National Sports Federations and Association 
where we have again about 40 disciplines that are 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 out there 25 of which are olympic sport 38 of them carry out national competitions and so we have at least 24 sports federations and associations in our country that can nominate a member to which now the minister has the opportunity to select and and i believe again to select 11 of those who will serve for their two-year tenure but at one year six months they begin a handover takeover process which will allow for continuity of the work or whether or not these persons will stay on key persons stay on but it again it's a link between the national associations and federations so today i continue on as the role of those associations and federations and i will call them the gap between the success of the athletes and those successes that will occur at the administrative level so this is my episode today here's my view Yeah, so let's delve right into it. It's been too long. For 55 years as a country, we have had successes at the international level, whether it be football, athletics, boxing, most notably. But we've had successes. We've seen many talented athletes, not just in athletics per se, but when I say athletes, it's a broad base covering all disciplines of sports. So I, I put that out there right away. And we've seen so many talented persons come through the line. Again, as I shared last week, I believe we're in the watershed decade of talent. But also, these require resources. And for success to occur, it needs to be not just talent or talent management or talent spotting, but it needs to have the right structures and infrastructure in place. So on one end of the spectrum, we have the athlete who excels and does well. And on the other side is the funding and the gathering of resources. But here's where I have the issue. And this is where I'm going to spend talking, time talking about today. The administration. These sports administrations have a key role to play. And oftentimes, when there's success, we point out, success either to the athlete or attributed to the those that provide the resources sponsors but when there's failure there's always the athlete never did enough or there was never enough sponsorship but i dare say the problem lies with those that are in charge and those that are there to manage the affairs of these athletes to get the resources for these athletes so today we're talking about the administration and the need for strategic structuring of our sports administration in this country because if we only continue going about this way and we're hoping that our athletes do well internationally whether it's at football cricket athletics table tennis whatever discipline i dare say it is only fact if you have thoughts 
aspirations without plans and structures, you're only dreaming. And the truth of the matter is, in our current setup administratively, and it comes all the way from the top down, where structure should be in place as it relates to policy, process, vision, management, talent, talent gathering, talent development, all of this falls on the shoulders of administrators in our country. And that is something that we fail to address. We always look to both ends of the spectrum, whether it's the athletes and they're not good enough, or whether they don't have enough government or corporate sponsorship. What about the man in the middle? The men in the middle, the man and woman in the middle, the administrators that are in the middle. That's what we gotta talk about today. Why I say that? We have a population of about 720,000 according to the 2012 census. Within that population, 60% are under the age of 35, which means we have a high youth population. With 40 disciplines of sport, physical or intellectual, with brain, brain in twos, we, we're talking about drafts and so on and so forth. Let's say we just narrow it down to the 27 or the 23 that are active sports, cricket, football, swimming, table tennis, badminton, basketball, and all the likes, athletics. So let's use some numbers. I'm throwing it out there, don't quote me, but let's say we have about mm, 150,000 people. <laughs> yeah, that's being very generous. I'm using the school age now. School age. But 150. Let's say just for, for, for discussion's sake, 100,000 athletes across all disciplines with 28 sports associations. You see where I'm going with this? Skewing those numbers would be football and cricket that takes up at least 10,000 of those. Each. So you just have about 80,000 left. And my numbers could be very off. How is it that we still have structures that are in place to this day that has executives with over 15 members? I say that again. 15 members. 15 members. So we have a situation where let's just use a rough 10. 10 with 15 members would give us 150 people. 150 people running sport that at some point doesn't even pass the 500 active players. Are we serious about sports and sports management in this country? First and foremost, policy what overarching policy is there that governs the compilation of every sports association or federation in this country some have adopted best practices from sister countries some have adopted some best practices from the olympic association some have adopted best practices from their fellow countrymen and cohorts in other territories 
Some have even adopted structures that are successful in other territories. But are we really and truly putting thought into the Guyana situation? Do we really see the need that is before us? I believe that we have many administrative structures that are in place that are basically based on the future and not necessarily the reality of now. And that is where the problem begins. You're starting with a big picture in mind, but big structure in mind as well. And big structure means big governance, and big governance means big resources. And if there's a lack of resources, we have a huge issue. Let me give you an example. There's a particular association that has nine executives. Nine executives. And in those nine executives, there's a subcommittee that that also functions with those nine executives that is made up of 14 other persons. Those 14 other persons as well also form part of the quote-unquote sub-management structure of that association. While that is happening, you also have committees that should be functioning. At least four committees that comprise of a minimum of three people. So 43 is 12, plus 14 is 26, plus 9 gives us 35 administrators. Take into account that there should be county level personnel, that's another 3. So that's 38 people. And when you only have an active, active program that covers just about 500 athletes. But those 500 athletes are spread across the length and breadth of this country. But every ever so often you hear, when it's time for work to be done, two, three, at most five persons putting their shoulders to the wheel. That's a huge difference. And that's a huge problem. And this is an age-old problem that is across all the administration and administrative bodies in our country. So what role does the NSC have to play in this? I believe the time has come now where these bodies need to give an account for their work and set themselves up in a manner which needs to be fair. I believe the National Sports Commission should call to task every single sporting organization in our country to be produce a few things. One, they must have a strategy for the next five years. Each of them must present their five-year strategy and a strategic plan how we will achieve what we will achieve. And when I say five years, reason being it captures the Olympic cycle, it captures the other cycles that are there, it captures the football cycle, which is World Cup, and all of those things. So five years. First thing, you must have vision and mission. But also it must take into account the Guyana context. Meaning, we must trim those associations and cut the fat. Cut the fat. Because one association, the administrative costs alone, if you should cut those out, there's enough to fund at least five of their athletes. 
in a long-term basis. I wouldn't call names because I don't, again, my intention is not to attack anywhere, but I'm looking and I'm seeing the problems and I'm just giving my view on them. Again, that's the name of this show. Here is my view. But we're not allowing for that. So first and foremost, there must be a strategy. Two, structure. And I believe that now is where the foot needs to go down hard and say this is what unless it's stipulated in a governance structure an international governance structure like the case of people and the IOC and, and, and the ICC where there's certain offices, statutory offices that must be in place. I believe the time is for us to move away from this heavy and, and very large executive bodies. These are the few offices that I believe that should be in place. There must be a president. Vice President that takes up the role just in case, a General Secretary, Treasurer, a Development Officer, and most importantly, Marketing and PR. Because understanding that this is the business of sports we are dealing with. While it's novelty and, and it's good for health and all that, sports is a business. So when you cover the finances, the development officer that does and deals with everything else, territory, territories, and, and, and I'm saying that this development officer or developmental role should have a committee that covers all three counties where they know their subcommittee will have offices in the three counties that are responsible for ensuring that these systems and structures are working. And so in those counties, they have offices that are working and it can be on a volunteer basis, but they must be held accountable and the accountability aspect comes all the way back to the executive where you have that developmental officer, marketing, PR, information is gold. Information and marketing information is gold. Marketing strategy is gold at this point. There's no corporate body that will jump at an opportunity to give any monies to anywhere that do not have information that informs a few things. One, how will it be mutually beneficial? Two, how will they be able to gain financially or in some way reputation-wise? And three, how their monies will be spent? They want to know that and enough mileage for it. So you must have those things in place. And we just take PR in our country as oh, somebody that will just sit and when, when the time comes, release something. No, and this was covered a time before, that you need to be making your own news. News. You need to be making your own information, putting out the snippets, getting it. It's not the role of the media to be running behind associations to ask them what their programs are. And it is the, uh, the role of the associations to be taking information, giving to the media, and, and giving the media an opportunity to provide follow-up. That's a huge role, and that's something that we need to put out there. The president, vice president, the treasurer, those, and the general secretary, those are the people that need to ensure from an administrative perspective that all your, your, your documents are in order, all the compliances are in order, we're following the law, we're following the spirit of the law, we're following all the guidelines and the best practices. But it's time we cut out all the fat having big and heavy executives and really they're not functioning in our country 
Why? Because this feeds into what what I, I heard mentioned today on, on a program that we have too many small groups that are operating under the guise of clubs, but really it's just feeding into the the plans of people who, who may or may not have the best interests of sports at heart. Maybe those small groups can be structured differently and put into categories or groups together. Wards or parishes, whatever. But it starts at the administrative level. So first and foremost, we need to one, have policy and strategy. Two, we need to restructure and look at the offices again. And three, there must be a form of accountability. Has to be. That there has to be someone who on the National Sports Commission holds all of these associations accountable by way of some form of audits. In the sense, not financial audits only, but audits as it relates to process and structures to ensure that they're having their statutory meetings, ensure that they're having their statutory obligations to the athletes, that athletes' um, disciplinary codes are, are carried out fairly, that there's transparency that is happening with the administration of the sport. Why? Because it augurs well in the grand scheme of things that the sports commission know that they can look to X association and know that they're doing their work. And so when it comes to now disbursement of finances and all of that, which everybody talks about, you're very clear on who gets what, when, where, and how it is being utilized. And it's measurable. I use the word again, measurable. measurable that gives for equity fairness and transparency at the highest level but the time has passed for us to just sit back and just say oh the athlete wasn't good enough when they fail at an international meet or they didn't get enough sponsorship, government didn't sponsor them enough, and corporate Guyana needs to come on board. No. The time is now for national associations to step up to the plate. For those of you who have put your hand up and granted you've put your hand up to volunteer, you must be able to come into a system and a structure that allows for you to volunteer and, and volunteer well. That there's guidelines, there's policies, there's processes that you need to follow. Not on the whims and fancies or these things change based on the personnel that is functioning in a specific office at a specific time. That breeds many other things that I could talk about when it comes to governance. But good governance requires structure. And I'm saying the time is now for us to place a big magnifying glass on our national sports federations and association as to how they function and how they're going about what that which some are volunteered to do and some are paid to do because we will continue in this wonderful cycle where it's either the athlete's fault or the government or corporate Guyana's fault for not providing resources when the man and woman in the middle, which is the body that is governing that particular sport discipline, 
has not been fulfilling their function correctly, if they even know what their function is. So my take on this, whilst we have, again, and I've said it in my previous episode, that the sports commission should be served or serviced by the members of these national associations and federations. I'm moving down the line now. That these national associations and federations need to have themselves in a shape which allows for a smooth transition to that level. Which means that they too are fixed in a certain way. And I've highlighted again, strategy, policy, process and the people must have certain things in place, guidelines. I'm grateful to see all the people that are volunteering at our national associations and federation. But I believe the time has come for us if we're really serious about sport and our perspective should be changing about sports in our country, that the time is now that we look at how we set up our governance structures. And it's time for us to reform those ways. When we reform and we put governance and good governance, where it allows for transparency, structure, process, I believe the right people will be there and then we will see progress. That progress will augur well for athletes and it will also attract cooperate and national sponsorship and even further afield but nobody will be looking to invest in any association or federation that is not in order and that's my hot take for today no money ain't coming to you if you can't show me how you're spending it and how you're working Build a good reputation of your work and it will be rewarded. Because the person that will suffer is the athlete who has to face the dilemma whether to even give up themselves, whether to hone their talents, whether to go to some other country and pledge allegiance, or worse, stop giving. Now is not the time to end dreams and out candles for any athlete. Now is not the time to cast blame on any corporate structure or government. Yes, we can. But I'm saying now is not the time for it. Now is the time for you, national associations and federations, to get your house in order. Fix it up, cut the fat, get strategic, and get on board, and let's move sports forward in Guyana. That's my view for today.